We'll jump into uh, our fourth and final deliberate discipleship uh, lesson. Um, hopefully you've been finding it helpful. If you haven't put it into practice yet, that is okay. I think really, really give this a go. Really see uh, how this transforms the way we help one another uh, relationally. Uh, I really do believe it'll, it'll really just change the whole focus and really help us to be able to mature, uh, help, help one another be able to mature in Christ. And so I just want to open up, what are some of the ideas that we've covered so far over the first three uh, lessons, so to speak? Yes, consistency, intensity equals progress. First Timothy 4.15, that idea of being diligent in these matters and prior to this, uh, Paul had given Timothy a whole bunch of different things to really focus on and he says, be diligent in these matters, give yourself wholly to them so that everyone may see your progress. And diligence is this idea of you're consistent, wholehearted or wholly to them, this idea of intensity and, and those two things when they come together there is progress. That, that people will actually see us and we're not doing it for people to see but, but that there will be progress. Um, yes, you. The idea of having a plan, implementing it, reviewing it, changing it. Again. Yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. And I think I've got a slide for that here. Um, yeah, yeah, exactly. Come up with a, a plan and whatever area you want to go after, whatever thing you want to serve in the church or an area of growth, devotion to God, wherever it may be. Um, you're helping your family get uh, focused on God. I don't know, whatever it may be. And you come up with a plan. How do I practically do that? Um, and then you go and do it, the D, and then you come together with a group or a discipleship partner and you inspect it and you adjust it to sort of make it better and better as you go along. Um, and again, it's supposed to be a positive process, not a, oh, what did you fail in this week? But no, no, what, what was great? What went well? Um, and then what what would be better or what? how much better would this be if you improved in your consistency or your intensity and so on and so forth? Um, yeah, any other things that we've um, covered so far? Yeah. Uh, about as we raise up, um, we watch, we lead, we can do, hmm. um, or they, or I lead, I help, I watch. You know, we can mm-hmm. watch. We can just keep an eye on what we're building, really, I think. Hmm. That's what that was. Yeah, yeah, that idea that, um, that it kind of at the end of maybe you sit down with someone and you're like, hey, how are you feeling about going out and doing this? And if they're like, oh, I don't know if I can do it. It's sort of not the moment to say, well, good luck, I'll pray for you. But no, okay, let's, let's go do it together. Um, and it's sort of, hey, and Jesus sort of did that. Yeah, he, first he did, they watched, and then, and so on and so forth. But yeah, like, we're really in this together, trying to help one another. Um, yeah, any other thoughts of what we looked at last time? Yes, Nina. I, I really appreciate the emphasis on like, we all have specific gifts. So mm. If we really go after the, like, the gifts that God's given us, it can be a really enjoyable mm. growth process. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Yeah. What is my? What do I enjoy doing? What's my gift? And um, and then you know, and if that if there's a need in the church for that, and those two things align, what an amazing moment that is! And really, that's what we should be going after with this. Um, last week we talked about uh, also a scripture bank, and we talked about how there are lots of great scriptures out there, um, but sometimes there are better scriptures to use and. Matthew 28 or Matthew 6 are great scriptures, but they don't apply to every single thing under the sun. And so, us, us starting to have a bit of a scripture bank that we that we begin to... And I think just start out with having it somewhere that you have easy access to. Maybe it's on your phone. Maybe it's on some a piece of paper in your Bible. And, 
And but over time, starting to memorize book, chapter, and subject matter, mm-hmm. so that as different things pop up, it's not just us expressing our own wisdom and inspiration, but we're saying, "Hey, let, let's go to God's Word and see what He has to say about that." Um, I believe that's most of the stuff we've covered so far. Um, amen. And so with with that, um, following on from that idea of scripture, a scripture bank, and I think the next thing we'll sort of look at is two ideas here, which one being, okay, well, how, how do we then go and use the scriptures to, to be able to help one another? It's not, not just enough to maybe just preach it at someone, but, but it's this idea of guided... Oh, we had some resources as well that we've emailed out. If you need a copy of them, um, I'll uh, come see me and I can send it out to you. But this idea of guided discovery, and you guys may have done this in the Disciple Makers class that Forrest did in midweek. I'm not sure exactly. I wasn't here at that point. But it's this idea of not just preaching a scripture at someone, but actually leading them through the scripture so that they themselves can come up with the conviction. And you know if, if, if you've done that, if someone's led you down that path, it's so much more inspiring and convicting than just having a scripture told to you. Um, and so... Really, it's it's, and I think it, it really helps with this idea of Proverbs verse 20, Proverbs twenty verse five, which says the purposes of a person's heart are deep waters, but one who has insight draws them out. This needs to be the goal of our of our discipleship times, our one another relationships that that we are trying to draw each other's hearts out. That we are trying to get to, okay, what what's actually going on, and and again that can sometimes feel uncomfortable, but. But when, when the moment, when it comes out and that moment of repentance comes from that, what a, what a refreshing moment that is to look back. And there really is no, no regret when that happens. Um, but again, I think it can be easy to fall into maybe D groups or D times where again it's just preaching and sharing and, and we just kind of go on and on and on and share all our own thoughts and opinions constantly, constantly. And there can sometimes be a time for that, but but you don't want the you know something times to just be that where you're just constantly preaching at someone, and because I think what can happen is you blab on, blab on, and and this can kind of happen. Oh, this is just a funny little video. Have you ever had a dream that that you um, you have you 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 can you do you you want you you can do so you you do you can, you you want you want him to do you so much you can do anything? It's kind of like I'm sorry. What what were you saying? I don't even like know what you were talking about. It like it's and we don't want we don't want us to be like we're sharing for like 15 minutes and then all of a sudden it's like I'm sorry. Wait. What was my issue again that I even got over to that in the first place? We, no, we want, we want people to be able to, to get there. And it's really hard. It's much easier to just do the sharing and the preaching. Um, but we need to get out of that default mode and, and really put into practice this idea of guided discovery. Um, and it's a great technique. Uh, really, I, I think at times, um, you know, we obviously have lots of different examples that we like to use. Uh, the Bible says we do with people like, you know, two wings of aeroplane, um, swimming across, I don't know, England to America, all, all the different tech examples we use, and they're great, but if, sometimes we rely on those to make this hit someone's heart. Yeah. And that, that can be an issue because, well, first of all, we shouldn't have to rely on, on an example to make this come to life, but also then we need to have an example for every single scripture under the sun. And so we need some sort of uh, approach 
that we can take, that, that is repeatable, that each time that we go to a scripture, we can, okay, here's an approach that I take to guide someone through this scripture. Um, that, that's what we really need. And the idea is, is to lead someone through so that they come to the conviction themselves. Instead of us just sharing our conviction. Um, and it, it also, this idea of guided discovery, it, it, it uses good biblical interpretation um, to make the scriptures mean what they originally meant to the original audience, but then also relating to them to the here and now. And so it is this idea of, uh, of you start with this idea, oh, please work. There we are. There and then. So when you, you go to a scripture, the first part you start off is there and then. What did it mean to the original audience? What did the original author intend to say to his original audience? That's the first thing we always need to establish when we're reading a scripture. And then you carry it through to the here and now. Through to the here and now, which is what will tomorrow look like when you live this out? What does it mean for us today, tonight, tomorrow? And, um, and again, this is a, a really important part is to what did it mean there and then and what does it mean here and now um, and again this, this can become a repeatable approach and, and the, the reason I think this is really helpful is for a couple of different reasons is critical thinking that, that actually that the person you're trying to help they get to deploy critical thinking that they actually get to think about it and I don't mean negative thinking, I mean they actually get to synthesize, come up with the, the concepts, um, they get to come to the conclusion, they kind of get to join the dots for themselves. And I think what's so great about that is, is that all of a sudden there's greater like motivation as to why to read God's word. Because they think, well, I can do this. I, I didn't have someone else tell me this, I actually, I connected the dots. And all of a sudden it's like, oh my goodness, this is so amazing. What an amazing book this is. And again, that idea of excitement and confidence of, well, this is really useful. That this really does speak to my life. And, and I think it's this idea also of, of the difference between giving a man to fish, he eats for a day, versus teaching a man to fish, he eats for a lifetime. We can spoon feed people scriptures, and yeah, that helps them maybe then, but but we want to teach people how they can feed themselves off the scriptures. That's really what this idea is about. Um, and one thing that's helpful with this, which again, I think Forrest may have gone through with you, is this idea of the purposeful question wedge. Heard about this? Okay, it's just a technique to really be able to make sure the scriptures actually mean what they mean for us. Um, it's a little nerdy, but just stick with it. Uh, interpretation is the first one. Uh, application. And so it's, you start off with different questions. So you start off with interpretation questions, application questions, contemplation questions, um, and so on and so forth. So that these questions are getting more pointed and more to our heart. Um, and we'll go through this a quick example. If you guys want to turn to Colossians chapter 3. And we'll just run through a quick example to hopefully make this a little bit of sense. Again, this is not something you have to do. I just think this is a very helpful, uh, helpful, repeatable approach that you can do to really make the scriptures come alive. And whether you're helping someone else or even just in your own quiet times, this is such a useful tool. Um, so in verse 22 to verse 24, says... Slaves, obey your earthly masters in everything and do it, not only when their eye is on you and to curry their favour, but with sincerity of heart and reverence for the Lord. 
Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters. Since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward, it is the Lord Christ you are serving. And so this might be a scripture that you go to if you're trying to help someone. They're, maybe they're like, I'm just really struggling in my, my studies at the moment, being diligent with that. I'm struggling in my work life. And this will be a great scripture to go to for that. Talks about this idea of, of lot, well, lots of different things. So, and, and so even just starting off with, okay, interpretation questions. So thinking about the then and there. What, what, did, what did Paul mean? What was Paul trying to get across to the, um, the original audience? So what would be some maybe interpretation questions that you could ask someone you're trying to help through this scripture? What might be an interpretation question, a, there, a then and there question? That makes sense. This is like very sort of just sort of... Who's the listener? Right, yeah. Who, who, who's listening to this? Yeah, exactly. Definitely. Great place to start. What was the position of a slave at the time? What was that, sorry? What was the position of a slave at the time? Yeah, what did that look like? Yeah, exactly. So, that, okay, start getting the sitting of, okay, what, what, what does that even mean? Yeah. The reason why he's saying that was the purpose. Right, yeah, what's the purpose? Yeah, exactly. What's the what's the purpose? What's the motivation? Definitely. Any other ideas? So that's that's a great question. That's probably more the application part. So it's and again it doesn't really matter what order, but I think it can be helpful to go, okay, then and there and then here and now. I think, yeah, like what is what's Paul maybe another question, what is Paul charging in them to be their motivation for what they do? Again, it's, and so you can even start coming up with conclusions about them. And so there's less defensiveness of what about you? Like it's kind of, oh yeah, yeah, that, this is what he's trying to get across to them. Um, and then you can come across to the, the sort of the here and now. What about the application to us? Um, yeah, what are they charged to, to do? They're being charged to go after obedience during what times? Um, yeah, lots of different questions. And, and the importance of this is, is that the person you're trying to help, they come up with the aha moment. Like, oh yeah, that's what Paul's trying to say to these people. And, and they all of a sudden understand how to interpret Scripture. This is a really sort of teaching people how to uh, really understand and interpret the Scriptures. Um, again, it might take a little bit of time to get used to this, but I want to encourage you. I think this is something to even practice in your own quiet times. That I can, I'm not just reading and immediately coming to what does this mean for me, but making sure I'm actually understanding what it meant for them. Does that make sense? Yep. Amen. So then, then we move on to the idea of... Actually, I think I missed a bit there. Um, the application questions. So again, taking from the then and there and applying it to the here and now. Um, and so this is to sort of apply it to our life situations. So that question, I think... What was your, uh, your question that you gave, Angela? How does it apply now? Yeah, that's a great question. Yeah. Any other questions that might be a good application question? How do people feel about slaves and masters today? Yeah, that could be a great question. Definitely. Yeah, again, we're trying to get people to think, okay, how does this, yeah, how does this apply to me? Other thoughts? Who are the people I should be obeying in everything? Right. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that could be a great... Um, 
a great question with that. And I even think a good one to always ask is, I think sometimes we can say, okay, what would it look like to put this into practice, this sort of attitude of, man, I've, no matter who's looking, I'm working as I'm working for the Lord. Man, it's not about when people are looking, it's not about when my bosses are looking, it's not about when my parents are watching me study, but I'm going to go after this because I have a reverence for God. And so an application question might be, what would that, what would that attitude that they had look like for you? Yes, that'd be a great. Mm. Yeah, that's a great question. Yeah, and I and I think uh, any more? And I think um, and I think that's a great moment to also say, okay, what would it look like? But not just what would it look like. What would this look like? Like a big general question, but what would this look like tomorrow for you to go after this? What would this look like? It's very nice and broad, and it's kind of like, yeah, I guess it would look like. But what would it look like tomorrow? <laughs> That, that if it's studying of okay I need to have an attitude that I'm not just studying for my parents or some school people but I'm studying out of reverence for God to do the best that I can do um, to obey my boss even when I really want to gossip and slander him but no let, let me actually let me do this and not just so I can get a promotion but for respect for God and, and so okay what would that look like for me tomorrow and so I think it's just it's making it very clear and, and I think it's trying to get the person to kind of this idea of like, okay, paint a picture for me. Pretend I'm watching the movie of tomorrow, of your life. What, what will it look like for you to put this scripture into practice? What will that look like? And as they tell, you know, you, you expand, you say, okay, well, great, tell me more. I think really sort of drawing it out here so that they, have, they can visualize what it will look like. Instead of, well, I guess I just need to obey people in at school. No, no, okay, but specifically, what would it look like tomorrow? When you're in that class with that teacher that oh, you really struggle with. When you're at work and that one boss who is disrespectful, how will you respond? Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Um, again, it's just this, you want it, the more that, that they start to paint the picture, not you painting the picture for them, but they paint the picture, I think the more achievable they'll see it as being. Okay, I can get this. I see this. Then we move on to this idea of the contemplation question. And this is kind of like the looking into the... Obviously, we're kind of already looking into the future, but kind of the contemplate, like, okay, what um, what will be the the obstacles? How, what, what difference will this make? Kind of those type of questions. Um, and, and so, what, what might be some good questions for this, do you think? Right, yeah. Yeah, definitely. How can you overcome hurdles that might stop you from putting this into practice? Mm, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, how can you overcome hurdles? How does that impact people around you? Mm. Yeah, that's a, that's a good Like, what sort of reactions might start happening? Yeah, definitely. I also think, like, get people to think in five years, often if I'm in this situation, get other people who study with, you know, People see the obstacle and they think, oh, you know, trying to get people to see, all, you know, five years down the line, mm. what fruit will come from this, what the benefits of it, mm. how will it be better, I guess, in the sense, five years down the road. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, what difference will this make in your life? Like, not just then, like, we want people to, to leave feeling excited to do this. 
but also sober that that well, I'm not just expecting everything to go great. That yeah, they'll people might react badly. There'll be some obstacles that I'm going to have to be ready for, and we need to do that when we're studying the Bible with people. Um, hey, just because you become a Christian doesn't mean everything's going to go perfect in your life. Yeah. And but we also need to do that with one another as we're going after these goals um, and these areas that we want to grow in. Um, yeah, how, how will this make the trajectory trajectory of your life? Better. How, how will this help you mature in different areas if it goes down the way you described? Again, creating a positive atmosphere but getting them ready for maybe some obstacles that could pop up so they're not just blindsided. Does that make sense? Yeah. So again, just like a little summary of, of, uh, of that, you know, it would be starting off with, okay, yeah, what was Paul trying to say to the disciples here? Um, all the different uh, interpretation questions and then the application question, what does tomorrow look like when you begin to put this into practice? And then maybe the third question, what difference will that make in your life? What In a, in a year's time, in six months' time, what what difference will that make? What fruit will be born? Um, amen. That's that's that one, one idea of guided discovery. And again, so helpful as we go through with other people, but even just in our own lives, as we're reading God's Word and making sure we're applying it to our hearts the way it was meant to be applied Um, and not just taking scriptures randomly out of context Um, Amen, the second thing which is kind of what we'll end on is because we've kind of been focusing on the positive side the okay, having a plan and and really trying to make it very positive but but what what about sin? What happens when sin comes in? And You may even be thinking like, oh man that's all nice, all this like transformation, developmental techniques and whatever but you aren't in some of my day times. What happens when there's sin? What happens when there's sin in my life, in other people's lives? What do we do? And again, it can be easy to get stuck into what we've described as whack-a-mole mode, mm-hmm. where day times are just, every time a sin pops up, bang. Every time, and it's just that constantly, and that's discouraging. That's not, that's not fun. And so we need to make sure we don't fall into that, because that's so easy to fall into. Um, but, but we also need to make sure we don't ignore sin. That we're also dealing with sin. That we're not these false prophets. And the Bible describes false prophets in various different ways, but, but one of them is also being too light on sin. Um, and in Jeremiah 6, verse 14, Jeremiah 6, 7, 8 are great scriptures, but um, he talks about these false prophets. He says, They dress the wound of my people as though it were not serious. Peace, peace, they say, when there is no peace. This idea of... And I think we can... Not that we're going out being false prophets, but but I think we can sometimes be the same where we're kind of like... A sin pops up and we're like, oh, they're there. Like, pat on the back and it'll be okay. I'm sorry you've, sorry you've messed up in that way and hopefully everything will be all right. Um, no, no, that, that's kind of just like dressing the wound, but yet not really dealing with it. Not really trying to help it get better. Um, again, I think if we're to be true teachers of the word, true brothers and sisters to one another, when there's sin, it's not a time to just say, "Oh, they're there." No, it's not a time to say, "Okay, I'm just I'm sorry you fe- that happened, and um, I'll, I'll pray for you. Good luck." Um, no, it's a moment to say, "Okay, let's let's bandage this wound thoroughly." So that it will heal. Let's bandage this wound thoroughly. And, and write this verse down. Jeremiah uh, 
30. Jeremiah 30, verse 17. Assuming that's right. It talks about how the, the Lord will heal us. That the Lord will heal us. And, and as we bandage the wound, it's not just, again, our own opinions, but it's using God's Word. Using kind of what we've talked about. This uh, purposeful question wedge so that the Lord will heal our spiritual wounds. Does that make sense so far? Um, and again, I think it's as we're going through this, okay, yeah, we've got this deliberate plan, we're trying to help one another. Um, there will be times where we sin pops up and, okay, let's stop and let's deal with it. But not, we're not going to be focused on it, hopefully, for the next six months. Let's, let's deal with it so that, that you can be healed and we can move on and we can be focused on, on the things that we should be doing and not the things that we shouldn't be doing. Um, and so... Amen. So when, when we again when we have um, when we have these sort of these missteps or sin, it's this moment that, that we say, okay, yeah, let's deal with it. Let's deal with it in in a, in a culture of grace. And it's not a culture of oh, you're terrible. Like no, it's a culture of grace. Of yeah, let, let's do this together. I think that's a really important thing to say. That it's a culture of grace and love. That we really care for one another. And realizing that, yes, okay, we're kind of going off on a tangent here. That that this is kind of a, a bit of a distraction moment. We need to deal with it. But then we're getting back to what God wants to mature in us. The areas that he wants to grow in us. <laughs> the positive areas of our life. That and, and letting Jesus and his word do that in our lives. Um, so again, let's deal with it directly and get back on course, back on track. Um, and again, I think when, when you're in a D time, and, and maybe if you start to put some of the stuff into practice and you think, okay, great, we've come up with a plan, we're getting together, it's been two weeks, I'm ready, you know, this person's been seeing growth, you know, that maybe they haven't seen before, how exciting is that? I'm excited, they're excited, can't wait to get together, and you have this plan, okay, this is what we'll talk about, maybe different things that we can look at to keep going in this way, and then all of a sudden, hey bro, I've got some stuff I need to confess. You're like, okay, what is it? I, uh, I I just kind of lied directly to my wife's face last night. Like with no regard. A complete and utter lie. That moment of, oh, I hadn't planned for this. Oh my goodness, what do I do? Um, uh, uh, uh. And it can be kind of that moment where we, where it's kind of this freeze, uh, flight, fight or freeze moment. Where we either kind of, Deer in the headlights, I haven't prepared for this. Oh no. Or we kind of fight, we're like angry, like, how could you? Like, oh, and we get frustrated, impatient. Or we kind of just flight, like, well, good luck, I'll pray for you, bro. And then move on to other stuff. And so obviously, no, none of that is, none of that is, is the right response, is it? A fight, flight, or freeze response. Again, we've got to make sure we don't let emotions take over. Anger, frustration, impatience. Again, these are very easy things to, to come in. Yeah. Um, and it can get confusing because we should hate the sin, but, but sometimes we get confused and we get impatient and we start kind of disliking one another. We need to really be careful of that. It's a really dangerous uh, path to go down. Oh, um, but again, and, and this is something, this is kind of a... Uh, something that first responders all over the world kind of do, paramedics, ambulances, firefighters, they, they're trained for these, these moments where the unexpected happens, especially if you're in an emergency room. And, and so they're, they're trained that when a crazy situation happens, what, what do I do? 
What do I do? Uh, because likewise, you're an emergency person or something like that, and, and you're there and someone comes and they've got an artery that is spurting blood three feet into the air, and you could almost take the pulse just by looking at the blood spurting out. Oh, like, oh my goodness, what do I... Uh, 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 uh. And they're trained to say, wait, 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 wait. A, B, C. A, B, C. Airway breathing circulation. Airway breathing circulation. That moment of just, oh, no, 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 don't freak out, don't freak out. Remember your training, A, B, C, A, B, C. And, and amen, we're not worried about airway breathing circulation. Well, maybe some, at some point we might be. But, but what can we do when these moments of, oh, my goodness. And maybe it's something even kind of more out of the box, out of control than, than a lie. Maybe it's something that we do. Oh, my, I've never faced this before. What do I do? When when sin is presented before us, what is it we should remember to be able to do to to be able to dress the wound thoroughly? To be able to help this person go on to healing. And something really helpful that Ed Anton has done in this is this idea of hand, heart, head. Hand, heart, head. Hand, heart, head. So when the moment of Oh my goodness, you did what? Oh my, how dare you? No, wait, 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 wait. Remember your training, remember your training. Head, no, sorry, hand, I forgot it. Hand, heart, head, hand, heart, head. The three H's. Remember your training. Okay, I got this. You went down an ugly path of pornography. You, you, you gave in completely. You, you did the most whopper of a lie straight to your wife's face. Right in front of, of God's face as well. Okay, so hand. What happened? Tell me. Let, let's. I think sometimes we can. Someone confess something. We're like, oh, we're like, oh, I don't know what to say. And we're like, thanks for getting open. And we sometimes are scared to even dig anymore. And, and this is the moment where I know for myself, and I speak. I'm assuming you guys can probably relate. Sometimes when I get open. There's actually a lot more there that I'm not really getting open about. And I'll give a servicey thing to kind of appease, sort of throw out, hey, I've done something, but there's a lot more there. Um, and so this is the moment not to say, great, good on you, you've done it, but to say, okay, tell me what happened in detail. I'm not a weirdo, I don't like knowing all this stuff, but tell me what happened. And, and even sharing a scripture, Proverbs 28 verse 13, whoever conceals their sin does not prosper. But the one who confesses and renounces it finds mercy. Let's get what happened. Again, this isn't some weird thing. I just want to be able to help you find out what happened. And maybe you share a scripture like that with them. Um, and again, you want to remind them that this is not about you doing this to me to appease. No, this is about us getting there so the Holy Spirit and God's work can work in your heart and bring to light what's there. And, and, and God can bring healing. God can bring healing. So again, so please, yeah, let's talk about it. Let's get to the details. And also so I can find a scripture that really helps you with this. Um, so that's hand. So hand, what happened? Oh my God, what are we doing next? Oh, heart, heart, okay. Heart. What desire were you trying to fulfill? Not just, I think sometimes, again, this can be kind of, we think, okay, hand, what happened? You get open, okay, okay, you lied. Okay, well, Revelation 21, verse 8 says, all lies go to hell. I'm glad we've dealt with this. Um, I guess let's get back onto the training. That was record time, 1.4 seconds dealing with sin. Let's see if we can do it quicker next time. 
no, you, like that. No, no, like okay. What 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 desire was there? That just sharing a scripture isn't really dressing the wound thoroughly. But we need to get to the heart. What was the desire in your heart that that you had? Some sort of misguided attempt to fulfill a desire that's in there. And most likely a God-given desire. But it's just being fulfilled in the wrong way. So again, it's just this idea of, okay, trying to, to get to the issue. Get to the heart. Not just stay at this surfacey level. Again, it's this idea of, if we're going to talk about sin, let's really talk about it. Let's, let's deal with it properly. Not just sort of talking about it, but so that we can move on and mature in this area. Make sense? And lastly, head. How did you justify sin? That at some point, you gave yourself permission to cross that boundary. And Ed Antoine describes this as this covenant relationship you have and kind of Adam and Eve, where that moment of, do do we take the fruit? Well, did God really say it? And and we we quite often will go through an argument process. Kind of as cliched as is the the demon on one shoulder and the little angel on the other having these arguments, and that that does happen in our minds when we're having these uh, these discussions. What should I do? Um, and again, I think what it's this idea of what excuse gave do you give to justify yourself to do this sin before the, our most loving, holy God? You knew, and yet you you did any what what ju- what reason justified that? Um, and again, I think if we can deal with all three of those, hand, heart, head, and, and you can leave that moment, I, I really believe using God's word, that wound will be thoroughly bandaged. That that wound will be bandaged, ready for God's healing. Um, and I think it's also an okay thing to say, and and, and like. Counselors and stuff do this actually is is at times they'll say I thank you so much for sharing this with me I'm actually going to have to go away and spend some time really thinking about this and I think it's okay for us to do that as well I think sometimes we're like I oh, know I need to have something right now bro I, I thank you so much we've gone through it all I really need to go back and do some praying go back to God's word I don't want to just give you a surfacey response I really want us to be able to leave this moment where where you that wound is thoroughly bandaged. And so maybe I can give you a call tonight or tomorrow and we can talk a bit more about it, um, but but I'll come back to you. That's an okay thing to do. I think we can get insecure, but that is an okay thing to do. Um, And again, I think with with each of these three uh, areas, you want to talk it through and and use scripture in each of these areas. Guided discovery in each of these areas. Again, hand, what happened, heart, what, what desire were you trying to fulfill? Um, you lied, okay, so you had this desire to look good in front of people. And, and so why, why was it that, that the father who adopted you, who sees you as this unblemished, perfect being, and yet you cared more what, what other people thought rather than what God thinks? What, what, what was, why? What, what desire are you trying to fulfill? That desire can be fulfilled in God. Trying to make them see, no, God is the answer to those desires. Does that make sense? Um, Again, it's to help each other see that this great desire is actually already fulfilled in our relationship with God. Whatever it may be. Um, And head in this area, kind of, again, finally, 
in the moment of truth at this crossroads, you decided, I'm going to do it. What, what was the, again, that little discussion that went on? And, and encouraging them, write it down. I, I want you to write, even though in your mind it might have been like a split second decision, there was pro- there's probably a lot of dialogue that actually went on there. And sometimes you might be faced with, no, no, trust me, I, there was no discussion, there was no thought, I just went out and did it. And I think at that point, dig more and say, no, are you sure, are you sure? And, and if they're like, no, really, at that point I think it's, it's time to sort of say, that makes me even more worried. That you kind of just don't even give any thought to it anymore. And I know myself, probably maybe six, eight weeks ago, for probably like six to eight months, I was kind of doing that with lust. And, and it was this moment of kind of, well, as long as it doesn't go any further, I guess it's not really that bad. And, and I was, and I was, do it even without thinking. And I can remember one brother going, hey, like, what, what did you justify? And I'm like, I don't think I did justify. And then it was kind of this, wait a second, that's even scarier. That I'm just so used to it that I just do it without even thinking. And that really was a sort of a mind changing moment for me of, man, no, I need to get back to my soft heart that I did once have. And I think ending that moment, not just making them feel bad, but saying, okay, but at one point you did have a soft conscience to this, didn't you? Yeah, of course, yeah. What did that look like? How can we get back to that? And again, you want to leave this for the person feeling, okay, I can really go after this. Um, but, uh, amen. Does that make sense? Um, hopefully that's helpful so far. Um, we're pretty much wrapping up here. Uh, again, it's, it's right, again, I kind of write out the excuse, expose the lie that Satan is telling you. Um, and then, hey, let's get back and, and we can, we can talk about it again once you sort of write it all down. Um, and again, I think it's this idea of ending with hope. That, that no, no, well, you can get back to this soft heart you once had. You can win the battle. You've been given God's word. You've been given the Holy Spirit. You can win the battle. And again, I think at the end of your time, just kind of go back over and do a quick review again. Okay, let's go back through it. Just so that... that after a moment of that, I think truly, with God's word, the wound will be thoroughly bandaged. It really will. Um, and, and then, and that's the case that that once that's that's dealt with, once okay, yeah, I really see myself moving on from here. It's that moment of okay, let's get back to training. Let's get back to focusing on 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 doing this together as a community. That that in all corners of our fellowship, that that we're getting back to that that great path of ever increasing maturity, ever increasing growth in God, that we're seeing progress in all different areas of our lives with consistency and diligence. And this is the plan in God's destination for for every one of us. And again, sure there'll be tangents where we need to deal with sin, but when we get good at bandaging the wound thoroughly and biblically, we'll be able to help each other get healed and then get back on track to truly training with what we're supposed to be doing. The sin is there's a sidetrack because church, there is too much at stake to just constantly be whacking sin. There is too much at stake. We're the body of Christ. You, you are a rare, wonderful, beautiful, you're God's masterpiece. Created in Him to do good works that were prepared in advance for you to do. Let's recognize from God's Word. Let's talk with one another about this and not just go back to the whack-a-mole discipling or the getting together and just religious discussion discipling, but, but no, actually really trying to help one another. Let's, let's make a decision to flip that switch. 
this week. This week I'm going to flip the switch. I'm going to go after this deliberate discipleship. I'm going to go after actually dealing with sin in a biblical way. And, and, and flip the switch and go from merely training to, which you talked about probably the very first lesson, merely training to finish. And actually flip the switch and all of a sudden we're training to win. Training to win. And let's see what God does amongst us in this family here. Amen.